Stay tuned. East Side Radio, 89.7 FM. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Waves on Eastside FM on 89.7. You're back with your host, Arabella Alamy and Alexandra Healy. And this episode is a bit different from others we have done. We've presented shows on relationships, vaccines, COVID and consent. But it's time to talk about something very important. Us. Me- Okay. (laughs) It's time to talk about mental health, (laughs) specifically our life story and what it's like living with Tourette's syndrome. La Tourette's. Mm. So in case you didn't know, this show, Breaking Waves, was made to give people with different life experiences an opportunity at broadcasting. Mm, Exactly. And for those that don't know what Tourette's is, it's a disorder that involves repetitive movements or unwanted sounds, which are called tics. That can't be easily controlled. And for instance, you know, it might be blinking your eyes, shrugging your shoulders or blurting out unusual sounds or offensive words. And for me, I have motor tics, which means I cannot control some physical movements. And I am forever grateful that I don't have coprolalia or ecolalia. And coprolalia is a type of Tourette's where you cannot help swearing. Yeah. I actually had it when I was younger. Really? Yeah, I'd kind of just blurt out things or like the elephants in the room that people weren't saying. I couldn't control it. I'd just say it. But now that I'm older, I'm a bit more chill. Yeah, and I feel like (laughs) coprolalia is what um, kind of put TS on, like, put TS out there. Yeah, people know it for that. Exactly. In social media, um, I remember when I first um, heard about coprolalia in social media. Do you speak about about the movie? Oh my god! That's yeah. the first time I ever saw it. <laughs> really? No, but the other one that like hardly anyone know, knew about. I know you didn't even know about it. It's ecolalia, and I, I learned about it like years ago, um, which is like so recent. And it's where you can't control copying what people say. Like, you can't try- control copying what people say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like imagine trying to have a conversation. How hard that would be copying everything that person's saying. And I, I believe it would be movements too. Like, wouldn't be yeah. surprised. And a lot of ticks that I have are more movements like eye ones mm. shrugging shoulders cracking my neck so sometimes they're not as obvious mm. but for me they cause me a bit more pain because they're things that like might strain my muscles but to other people they don't even know those mm. ones are a problem definitely and I'm, I know I try to do like ticks that other people can't really notice like blinking like blinking I know sometimes it's so obvious so I try and like turn away but I know since wearing masks I've like done ticks with my jaw just so it's less obvious i've replaced other ticks that are obvious like with my blinking into like using so funny yeah years ago i used to do a really big one with my mouth where i'd extend was extend it? my jaw and i remember thinking oh. wouldn't it be cool if we wore masks because no one would notice it mm. and now when this pandemic starts like damn it i don't do that one anymore but you could what is it replacement therapy where you can actually like instead of doing one tick you start doing another one like, you could actually try that. Yeah, and the nature of Tourette's is that the ticks wax and wane. So there are times where they might be really bad, sometimes mm. where they're not as obvious, sometimes they're triggered by different things. They do say typically as you get older, you grow out of it. Um, I, how did you find as you, like, getting older out of high school? It is Look, when I was younger, it was horrendous. Now, people don't even know I have Tourette's because I can, mm. like, contain it. But when I was younger, I couldn't, you know, walk, speak properly. I couldn't couldn't read because I'd just be like blinking so much I'd just be ticking so much and life was so hard like I people that knew me in primary school from 
where I went, like, look at me now and say, I, I completely forgot you had Tourette's. Like, mm. back then it was bad. And I'm like, I know it was so bad. That's why I'm so grateful for all the help that I've had over the years to make me seem, and I hate to say this, but normal. Like, that. no one's normal, but, like, right now. Control it more. Exactly. And I sometimes wonder if the environment you're in, like mm. a school environment, it's very structured, it's very hard to, like, let out your energies. Mm. Um, did you, there's, is there any... Where did you go for help first? Like when you found out you had it or diagnosed, how did that start? Honestly, I, um, mum did all that. Mum is so incredible. She like, we found like the best pediatrician um, that I go to now and psychologist. And I honestly, when I had this bond with people now that have been in therapy or see psychologists, because it's something that honestly helps you so much. Even if you have nothing to talk about, that was where basically all my help came from and also mm-hmm. school I went to an incredible school that was so supportive like in class there'd be moments where the teachers like they get a spare teacher and would take me out and we just pa- play outside play in the playground I'd run around the school just to let out my energy that's so good your school knew about it oh. a lot of teachers don't know about it yeah that's what I found until I spoke about it and you know oh, Loretta was so so kind they were just so understanding that's really good. There is so much to unpack here. And I think there's even more we could maybe explain about what Tourette's is because people really don't get it still. Mm. So I don't know if you want to go to a song now. Let's go to a song and yeah. we'll come back to this after. Why you always in the mood? Messing around like I'm brand new. I ain't trying to tell you what to do, but try to play cool. Cansado de tu bipolaridad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deja ya 
de estar peleando sin una necesidad. Valórame, bebé, yo. Con ese humor nadie te aguantará. Quien te entiende así conmigo no te falta nada. Cogerá suave más porque esta bomba explotará. Si te saco el genio no vuelvo a frotar tu lámpara y listo. Te dejé en visto, pero fue porque estaba grabando mi disco. Y tú pensando que yo estaba en la disco. Deja de pelear que la pasamos más rico. That was Mood, the remix by 24K Golden featuring Justin Bieber, J Balvin and Ian Dior. Now, before we get into your story, Arabella, because I want to hear from you, mm-hmm. I want to share a stat for those listening just to show how rare Tourette's actually is. And according to the CDC, studies that included children with diagnosed and undiagnosed TS, they had estimated that one in every 162 children, that's 0.6% Quite a of... Have TS. Look, if you think about, like, how many people there are in the actual world. Yeah. Like, I only know a number of people that have, have Tourette's. It's so interesting. But tell me about your childhood because I shared my story, a bit of it. So you okay. tell me about yours now. So I was diagnosed probably when I was about – sorry, I banged something. When I was eight – everyone's like, what are you doing? When Ooh. I was um, – yeah, probably about eight years old. But I wasn't told, like, you have a Tourette's syndrome. So mm. at home we used to refer to it as my habits – yeah, so it wasn't till I was older and like maybe like leaving high school and I heard my GP was like, how is the La Tourette? So I was like, what? And then I Googled it oh, and my. then that's when I started understanding more about it and just like identified what I like was doing with like all the explanations of it. And that's when I found the Tourette Syndrome Association. And I actually met you there when you were <laughs> little. We were both littler. And because um, they started doing camps and because I was studying... Um, counseling, psychology, and social work subjects. I started doing counseling at the camps. Um, oh so God. that was not until I was like 20 was when I really identified <gasps> with it. What? How did you go through high school? Because I could not imagine going yeah. through high school without like knowing that I had Tourette's. I just think I would. I would just think I'm just weird. But <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know. So like you know how you said your school was so understanding. Mm. No one at my school knew. So I was oh just getting gosh. in trouble all the time. No. And my tics were a lot worse then, so mm, I would definitely. like... And also, I think because I was in contained environments, I'd always want to talk or, like, I couldn't sit still. And mm. that's, like, the kind of things you get in trouble for. Mm. Um, so it was actually quite cool. The Tourette's Association started doing school talks where they would go into <gasps> schools. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. That's what you needed. Wait, what about your parents? Did they talk to your school or your teachers to make them understand? Well, we no, didn't they talk did. about it. Wow. So, like... We would kind of, I'd go to all the same doctors, mm. you know, all those pediatricians, but I didn't even like talking about it with psychologists. Mm. So when I was young and they would say like, tell me what your tics are like, I wouldn't want to explain it to them. Because um, you know how sometimes if you see someone doing a tick, it makes you want to do it? Yeah, literally. Like, like I get, like, like you just said a tick before just to show, like, what you do. And I was like, no, don't show me that. And I started doing it. Like, it's gone now. But it's just, like, your mind's like, do it, do it. You're like, no. So I'd get really, yeah, I'd get really frustrated when a doctor would be like, do your worst one for me right now. It's like, well, if I'm not doing it right now, why would I want to bring it up? Exactly, because then it's going to trigger it. Wait, I actually want to know, what is your worst tick? What is it? At the moment? No, like, in, like, your entire life. Ever. Mine was, oh my god, it was cartwheeling. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was so 
annoying. I remember being in the playground. I remember I was in the A's for netball in, look at me go, no jokes, it was nothing. Really good in primary school. <laughs> yeah, in, in primary school. And I remember just cartwheeling around the netball courts and the head of like sports would be like, Alex, stop cartwheeling. <laughs> it was so bad. You could have taken that far. <laughs> look, honestly, yeah, genius, a gymnast. I could have, no jokes. I did do gym- gymnastics, but then... I just needed to run around too much. So then they're like, no, you need to do athletics. And yeah, I, I did that, but then I started cartwheeling. I energy. <laughs> I feel like something interesting is that we have like a lot of energy. I love it. So like now I can kind of channel it. Um, but when I was younger, mm. I remember one of my first ticks when mm. I was about eight, I remember was the teacher in The Simpsons, Miss Krabappel. Mm. I'm not going to do it now. I did it before and the producer's ears came off. <laughs> <laughs> she used to do this laugh. And she would kind of like hyperventilate by a ha. Like and then move back from the microphone and do it. No, you're like that psychologist when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I liked the sound of it. Um, so I used I to do that. that one a lot, but it was quite loud. And that was annoying Look, for everyone around me. You did that before. And as soon as Arabella did it, I was like, oh my God, I do that like every time I laugh. It's kind of a forced laugh. If someone does something really, really funny, I kind of do that. Hot, like something really. But do you do it because you like the feeling of letting it no, out? Oh no, it's you not just even have an a tick. I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Arabella, I'm joking. I do that too. No, no, no. But it's not even a tick. And when you said it was a tick for you, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. Maybe it is. Like you don't know. Maybe. And like what? Sometimes I think, what's a tick and what's just me? Like what's exactly. my Tourette's and what's me? Like it's so a part of me. But um, my ticks always change. Mm, definitely. So true. there are some that are like in fashion for a bit and some that are go, some that always stick with me are eye ones. Yeah, same. Do so, you blink? Why yeah, I look up at certain lights. So yeah. white <laughs> light is quite like triggering for me, but I like really? looking at it. I get like enthralled in it. <gasps> no so, way. But that can be quite distracting because if you, when I was like trying to do homework at school, I'd just like look at the, the, light. the light all the time. Oh my gosh. See, that's not like my mine is blinking and it is so annoying. So annoying because when I'm just at work and I'm trying to like with guests, I'm just trying to like control, control. I just blink, especially when I'm like when guests like getting annoyed, like they just obviously like they're going to take it out on you, the employees. So and I would just start blinking and I'd start stressing and automatically they're just like they're calm. They're like oh being so nice to me. That's so a signal to them to be like chill. Literally, <laughs> which is actually sometimes I use threats to my advantage. Like I remember oh. one time this guest was like yelling at me and I deliberately forced my ticks because I was just not I was not having it. I forced my ticks and actually stressed. <laughs> Maybe it's like a signal to yeah. people. <laughs> and they literally come down and they're like, Oh, how's your day, darling? How is it? Like Because they can oh, see how I'm they're sorry affecting for- you. Exactly. So for people that don't know, if you're like holding in a tick takes oh, up a so lot of energy. Hard. So, um, they, even though they're uncontrollable, you can try really hard to hold something at certain times. Mm. Um, so, like in an exam, it would be really hard to try and hold it in or just certain times in public. But the feeling of trying to hold it in takes up all your concentration. And it's kind of like someone saying to you, don't blink or like don't yes. sneeze. So, all you're thinking about is not doing that thing. And then mm. at one point, you feel like you need to let it out. Exactly. So, that's why maybe as an adult now, they don't like build up and I don't do them all the time because I can kind of just live my life where I like skip down the street and get out that energy opposed from like being in a classroom where I can't even look sideways. Literally. Yeah, I find it's hard, especially in uni now. But I get the thing about um, sneezing. The best way that I would describe it is, you know, that feeling of like the, just before you're about to sneeze. It's like that, like you need to tick, you need to tick, but you're in a bad circumstance, you can't tick, but it's like you need to sneeze so badly mm. and then it just comes out. And it's so hard to hold it in because obviously if you're in a meeting or somewhere important, you don't want to seem uh, different. I hate saying that. 
So then you just have to hold it in, but then you're not focusing on what anyone else is saying because you're, you're just trying so hard to hold it in. It in. Mm. The funny thing is I've never been able to think too much about what other people think. And at times where mm. I know it's been really noticeable, I can't think what other people think because I'd go crazy if I'm thinking about like how I'm being perceived. Good on you. And even when I was younger, none of my friends knew I had it. Maybe people listening now, the first time they're hearing me say I have it. And it wasn't because I didn't want to tell people, but because I found out later, it's not like you can go back and be like, hey, this is all that was because I had Tourette's. Yes. It's like a journey, figuring it out too. Mm. And there's a lot of misdiagnosis. Um, when mm. I started volunteering at the Tourette's, syndrome association I talked to a lot of parents that would call up and they were on like year-long journeys trying to figure out what their kid had mm. and because there's the, the symptoms can manifest in so many different ways one of my tics when I was younger that I'd thrust my tongue so I was mm. given this weird plate for like a year oh. that I couldn't take my tongue out oh my god really so I think that's weirdly common that you don't go straight yeah. to Tourette's because there's eye things some people get glasses before yeah. they're pointed to very good point that's Thanks. such a good point. Mm. There was like, yeah, I remember I used to grind my teeth and I was giving a plate, I was given a plate to um, my mouth guard to wear at night, but then it didn't really help because I was grinding it in the day. But I think it's time for our next song, What Do We Have? We're going to go to it right now. And then after the break, we are going to talk a little bit about our life journey. We're also going to re- recommend some resources you can talk about, you can go to for mental health. Yep, and benefits of it too. Um, yeah. Every time 
That song was Jump Rope by Simon Spine, a funky Brooklyn band. Hope you enjoyed that. So now that we're back, talking about Tourette's, just updating you all. Medication is something that comes up a lot um, for people that have Tourette's and different sort of mental health things, living with them. And one thing with Tourette's too is that you can get a lot of other conditions like OCD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, bipolar. Yeah, Mm. and I don't know about you, Alex, but now I find that the ADHD actually bothers me more than the Mm. tics. Without a doubt. Like, I love not ever needing, like, coffee or alcohol to have fun (laughs) to wake me up or a Red Bull. Like, I'm always hyperactive, but it does make it so much harder having ADHD to concentrate. Yeah, and when I was younger, they wouldn't put me on medication for the ADHD because the Ritalin would make my tics worse because it was more of a stimulant. Really? Yeah, Mm. so personally, I was on medication my whole life pretty much from when I was 12 to 23. And when I was working at the association, a lot of the Tourette's Association parents would ask, like, do I put my kids on it? But I think it gets, there's a point where if you can't socialize, if it's causing you that much stress, if you can't really function, then you don't think twice about it. Without a doubt. Um, Medication, yeah, you've got makes sense to go with it so that you can actually live an experienced life. Um, now that I'm older and I kind of um, have learnt ways to manage my tics and they've kind of evolved, um, I don't need to be on it and that's great. I felt like my brain almost came back because I was on medication for so long. It had slowed me down a lot because I was so fast and quick um, that I felt like I kind of had my brain back so I felt really lucky for that. But if it got to the point where they ramped up again, I wouldn't think twice if it meant mm. having to go back on it so that I could have like a cruisy life yeah without a doubt yeah I respect that yeah and you know there aren't that many um disadvantages to having Tourette's when you're older because it's so much easier to cope with it I honestly find that there are more benefits to Tourette's Mm. than negatives like and think about in like 100 years ago if you were Tourette's these kind of symptoms how we would have been treated oh like lobotomy we would have been burnt to the stake yeah so we're we would have been like, seriously, think about us. I would have been a witch. Literally, that's what I would have thought of. That's why it's so lucky that today we have resources like psychologists, pediatricians, therapists to help us. And like everyone, I honestly think that you, if you're not in therapy, you need to get in there. You may think you have no problems. Everyone has problems. Mm-hmm. Those sessions where you have nothing to talk about, you talk about the most. I think... I I trust people more that are in therapy. Mm. And when I was younger, I was medicated, but I didn't do any talk therapy. Then Mm. when I was older, I went off the medication and did the talk therapy. So I really found that helped. Um, But we are really lucky to have all these different support systems around us. And the Tourette's Syndrome Association, I don't know if it was around when I was younger, but it is a good first stop to go to. Mm. Um, Because think about if you're like a family and you've got your kids starting to do all these things popping out of them. It can be really isolating. So I think contacting the association is something that can give like so much hope Mm. um, to a lot of families. And like, do you reckon if you find people that have the same things as you, it helps you make sense of yourself? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And there are, um, if you go to the um, Australia Association of Tourette Syndrome, they do have people that you can contact that are actually um, for the regions that you live in. Because I know my mum, Sonia Healy, she is for the North and North Shore and Northern Beaches. If you live around there... She is the representative for that. You can give her a call. It's like I know mm. you do a lot. You do so much for the Tourette's um, Association. There's there's always so many people you can contact. There's a Facebook page with like thousands of people. And they run camps now. Like exactly, 10 years yeah. ago, they didn't have camps or anything. Now like a lot of different states have them. 
Um, so it's a good first place to go. And the website, even if you're like a teacher or you think your friend might have it, it's a good place to go just to understand it because it does manifest differently in different people. Mm. Um, and sometimes it can't be as obvious and you don't know what they're actually going through if their ticks aren't like so out there. But I liked how you said, Alexandra, before that you feel there's a lot of benefits. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell me a bit about how you feel about that? Mm, well, because Tourette's is not a very common condition, especially when I was younger, there were things that I... Um, was like contacted about like um, my fencing because of my fencing and having Tourette's that was kind of a big topic like I know my our incredible producer Ruth she mm-hmm. first invited me into the studio for an interview years and years and years ago and that was on my fencing and Tourette's because I was in the Australian fencing team and I'm a was a yeah. <laughs> and I know um yeah I've been like the in the Mossman Daily for how I handled Tourette's and fencing and being in the age, which is the Melbourne equivalent of the Sydney Morning Herald, and just explaining that, you know, when you find a passion, when you find something that you really love doing, my ticks don't come out. I don't yeah. tick at all when I'm fencing or even when I'm preparing. Like, I may be so stressed, but because I'm doing this, I'm doing something I actually love. At school, I was really into, like, debating and drama, and it would never come out then. So a lot of people Incredible. used to say, like, do you even have it? But it's funny when you're focusing on some, like, thing that you're really into or music, it doesn't come out, but... At other times, it can't help it. Exactly. And for people struggling, you need to remember that you need to find your island of competence. You That was something that my pediatrician always told my mom. You know, you need to try everything for her. Like, you need to find that thing, whether it's sport, whether it's art, anything that makes her just forget about mm. her threats. And that was fencing. And I, I didn't. I never ticked, you know. And you and were really lucky to find that. So lucky. So mm. lucky. Yeah. When, like, I went as far as being, you know, Commonwealth medalist and... My ticks did not show, like, at all. And I really feel for a lot of families and people that live with it because, like, even now you wouldn't be able to tell I could I have it. When I was young, I can't even imagine the hell mm. that my family went through. Mm. And sometimes when I see some, like, exposés about, like, the worst signs of it, I can relate to that. Mm. Um, and it can feel like, are you ever going to stop? Is it always going to get worse? You physically hurt yourself. Um, but... Mm. But yeah, a lot like if you do hitting ones. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Um, but even so, there are some really extreme versions of it. But I really mm. think like the more you can understand your triggers and the more you can control your environment, things do get better. Definitely, I agree with everything you're saying, and I and think it makes us hate really resilient. Do you think you understand people? Oh, without more a doubt. And, like yeah. I feel like we definitely have good self-management skills because we were put in those situations so young. We had to handle and mm. struggle through these problems that right now I, I can like I'm more mature than people my age because I had to go through so much when I was younger but I yeah, like what we're talking agree. about but we're going to move on to another song just an explicit warning this is the Kid Leroy featuring Lil Mosey with Wrong Get in the line. 
emotion. So wet, feel like a ocean. You can play with me, yeah, act like I don't know this. Change, act like I ain't know. That was Wrong by The Kid Leroy featuring Lil Mosey. And if you've been listening to us tonight and can relate to struggling with um, behaviours or your own mental health, know that, and you haven't had the support we've gone through already, know that the, like figuring out your mental health is a journey. And once you start identifying with it and speaking to people, it does get better. Exactly. Well, thanks for tuning in to Breaking Waves on 89.7 Eastside FM with your hosts, Alexandra Healy and Arabella Alamy. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community-owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au